Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. If you've come expecting today, you have come to the right place. And uh, I just want to say thanks. Thanks to the worship team as well. I expect every week. And um, the reason I do that isn't just for myself, but it's for other people. And I think it's really important that uh, we approach church with intentionality, that we approach church with uh, other people in view, not just ourselves. I, I, I come here to worship God, but I also come here because somebody might need some encouragement. Somebody might need me. Somebody might need a hug, a handshake. You just, you just don't know who's going to walk into the house. And I think it's really important that uh, we don't think selfishly when we think church. Uh, that's why I encourage you to come for community. We, we do start church at 10 o'clock, uh, and uh, the service itself in here doesn't, doesn't, we don't hit the praise and worship time until maybe 10 after or something like that. But uh, church actually starts in the foyer with community, and that's, that's your chance to meet other people and to encourage one another. And that's such a big, important part of, uh, of, of church and community. It's not just, you know, watching a message online, and that's great if you're watching us. I hope that you're really encouraged. But if you can make it to a live service in your neck of the world, wherever you're at, if you're uh, on the Sunshine Coast, I really encourage you, make it down here, but don't think about yourself. Christianity is not about self. Uh, it's pretty obvious that Jesus didn't go to the cross for a feel-good. He did that with you on, on his mind, and now, tap, we're it. We're the body of Christ, which means what? It means just as he uh, is, we are in this world. It means what he did when he was in the world, now it's our turn to do that in the world, which means that we're not in this for a feel good either. And I, I really encourage you. I had a, um, a visitation this, this week from a couple, and um, they're here this morning, so I'm not going um, to embarrass you. Don't worry about that. But six years ago, this particular young lady um, was pregnant and um, pretty hopeless and pretty well in despair, even to the, the thoughts of taking her life. And um, she got hugged out in the foyer. People came and encouraged her. They met her. Uh, and she came into this service and she gave her heart to, to Jesus. And her whole life changed. Yeah, exactly. And then she went down to Brisbane, met this amazing young man who himself got saved off of um, drugs and a, a terrible life of uh, doing ice and other stuff. And he gave his heart to the Lord down in Brisbane at a church. And she gave her heart up here at a church. And uh, now they're back here. They're looking at moving back to the Sunshine Coast, uh, have a house, have three beautiful children, both gainfully employed. Their whole history was rewritten because of a church service. Amen. Now, if that's the person that you love the most, and it could be your spouse, it could be your, your, your brother, your sister, or your son or your daughter, what would you give? Or let me put it this way, what wouldn't you give to see their life saved, to see their whole future rewritten? I know with, with our son, we'd sell the house, we'd sell everything we got to uh, save our son's life. That's just the way love goes. And so I want to encourage you, church, when, when, when we meet together, don't ever let this become about just you and your feelings and whether or not you're going to get entertained here or something like that. 
don't, don't let that seep into your thinking. Make sure that you're thinking about other people and the fact that you're here uh, intentionally, I would hope. Yeah. I hear people, I know I'm taking a little bit of time here, and this isn't my message at all, but I, I feel to do this. I, feel, I hear people talking sarcastically about church. Somewhere in the uh, fruit of the spirit, sarcasm just isn't mentioned. Uh, I, I don't find that as one of the attributes of God. Cynicism, not in there either. So it's really easy to talk disparagingly about the church and about hypocrites and all the rest of it. And, and maybe, you know, I've sung that song before, I've heard that before, whatever. It's not about you. It just isn't about you. And it's about other people. And if you come in and you approach church that way, then you'll find God will absolutely bless your socks off. And there might be somebody in your world that you love sometime that needs a miracle that just perhaps whatever you've sown into, that will you reap down the track. Amen? So I really encourage you with everything, with your giving, with your uh, attitude, with your attendance, with just just everything about you, lean into, be intentional about even a church service. That, That young lady was saved in a church service. I think it was the evening service, which is you know, hard for us to keep going sometimes. It's like, ah, why are we doing it? There's only 12 people or 30 people or whatever show up. And it's like, we're doing it because somebody will walk in there and have a life-changing experience with Jesus Christ. Amen? So that's what it's all about. Honestly, that, that just makes it for me. Well, we're in a series called Outbreak. And Outbreak, in the, uh, the definition of Outbreak is a, a time when something suddenly begins. A time when something suddenly happens. We all know about the outbreak of the pan- pandemic. It uh, was kind of a sudden thing, wasn't it? About, you know, March of 2020, I think it was when it started. It was like a little bit on the news and then all of a sudden, bam, like it's just full on, like the whole world is, is changed. And we all know that. In fact, sometimes we get sick of hearing about it and talking about it, you know, whatever your take is uh, on all of it, something did change. I think we can agree on that, whether it's right or wrong or whatever you're into, but something definitely changed and it happened pretty suddenly. My question is, what if the gospel got out that suddenly? Because what what if one of us was a carrier of something called the gospel? And, and, and we had a suddenly. What if what would the world be like if the gospel spread as quick as a, as a disease spreads? I think it would be pretty amazing. I think about people that feel hemmed in, and you might be one of them. You might be here, and you just feel like you're just contained. You're in a holding pattern, maybe. I, I, I got back from Brisbane on Friday and, and had to fight the traffic, and many of you guys do it like frequently back and forth to... Brisbane, about 100 k's from here. And, and coming back, if you hit like past 3 o'clock or something, it just gets murderous. Like the traffic backs up, and, 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 and I was hemmed in between trucks. You know, I don't like it because you can't see. There's a big semi, semi in front of you, and there's trucks on either side. It's like nothing's moving any too quickly. And, and, I, and I got that feeling of like that I don't like. It's like I'm just stuck. I, I, I'm hemmed in. I, I can't see what's coming up and what's on either side. And, and, and that feeling 
it, that feeling of being trapped or hemmed in it is, is such an awful feeling. Some of you, it, it hits a point in your life where it almost takes the air out of you. You can't even breathe. You feel so contained. An outbreak is a suddenly to get out of that. What's it going to take to get out of containment, to get out of a life where you're just in this holding pattern and you just want to break through, you want to have an outbreak. What is that going to take? And that's what we're going to look at this morning with outbreak. I think about the opposite of outbreak, and again, it's, it's containment, and how easy it is to get locked into a life or a holding pattern of just being contained. Uh, uh, when, when I look at the Bible and all the people in Scripture, and I could start with just Abraham. Abraham had his, his orders, and uh, he, he received a revelation from God, and God told him, he said, leave your family. And that's a pretty big move. Don't take anything with you. His name wasn't uh, Abraham. It was Abram originally. And, and he and, and his wife, they, they leave Ur where they're worshiping the moon. They leave that area in an outbreak way, in a suddenly kind of intentional way. They, they get out of that. And, and it says this in Hebrews 11. We don't need to look. I think it's verse 8. But it says that, that Abraham obeyed God. And the first thing that I believe is essential, if you're going to have an outbreak and you're going to get out of whatever it is that's contained you right now, and that could be a job that you feel stuck into. It could be a, a family situation, a relationship. It could be spiritually. You just feel like nothing's changed. I just keep hitting the ceiling spiritually, and I, I just need to break out of this. I, I need a time where, I, where, where something suddenly changes. Well, I'm so thankful that the Bible is full of suddenlies. In fact, the word suddenly is used 87 times itself, suddenly, and that's without other words that kind of mean the same thing as suddenly, like behold, uh, something changes. And, and suddenly, 87 times in the Bible, I, I think about all the suddenlies in the Bible, starting from Jesus' birth that says, you know, suddenly there was angels in the heavens. The, the shepherds are in the field, suddenly. Suddenly an angel appears to Mary. Then, then at the end of Jesus' life, he, he, he comes out of the tomb. It's Easter, what we call Easter Sunday. And, and they go to the tomb and suddenly there's an angel there. I think about the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. It's the New Testament church now. In Acts chapter 2, it says, and, and suddenly a sound from heaven, like a mighty rushing wind. They weren't expecting it, but bam, suddenly the church is born. Suddenly the Holy Spirit invades the, 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 the world in a way that the gospel spreads quickly. Now, not just one prophet or a few handful of people, but now thousands of people. Now there's, there's a pandemic, if you will. There's a, a disease in Satan's body that now is spreading like cancer to defeat him on the planet because of a suddenly. I think about Paul and Silas in the prison and there's a suddenly it says there was an earthquake and the chains came off and suddenly there was an angel that smacks Peter in the uh, side of the face when he's in prison. Wake up, get up to your feet right now, leads him outside. Suddenly is a great word. And, and sometimes for outbreak, you just need a suddenly to happen in your world. Are you a candidate this morning for a suddenly? 
Are you open for God to do something to shake your world, to get you out of complacency, to step into the new world that God wants you to have, to escape containment? Are you a candidate for that this morning? Well, if you are, the first thing that you need to be, the first requirement is obedience. To be obedient to God, to do whatever it is that God's telling you right now. I believe, and I've experienced this uh, over and over and over again, that God is actually speaking to all of us, perhaps in ways that we don't realize it's God. And sometimes it's, it's in ways that, that challenges us in, the inner, in our core. We get these thoughts and we know it's time to move. It's time for us to do something. And, and God wants you to step out. But we don't want to do it because... Complacency is familiar. It's easier to stay in familiar than it is to step out in faith. In fact, the second word that I want to give you as far as requirements for uh, have an outbreak is the word faith. Faith is a very big word. Abraham moves out. Sarah, they both move out together. And he goes from uh, just an exalted father, Abram, to his name changes to now father of a multitude or father of, of, of nations. And yet the container that he's in, his body is old. It's too old to have children. Sarah, her container, her body is too old to have children. And the container that you're in right now is probably too old to be holding the vision that God has for you. The, the vision that God has for you is so large that you need to break out of that or you're not going to ever grow into the destiny or something bigger that God has for you. I was reading about great white sharks. Pretty incredible. Hard to keep a great white in captivity. If you put a great white in, a, in a, a container, the container would have to be massive in order for that great white to grow and to flourish. Eventually, it's going to die. I think about mighty trees that grow like an oak tree or something that's huge. If, if you put it in a little pot, you've just sealed its destiny to smallness. You've, you've contained that. It needs an outbreak. Its roots need to go out into the vastness of, of the soil around it. It needs uh, something more than a little pot to contain the great destiny of that great tree. And so many of us are in these little pot plants. We're thinking too low of the vision of our life. And the thing about containment that's so incredibly tricky and complicated, if you will, is that most people that are in containment don't realize that they're being contained. I read about one time the wolves up in the Arctic and how the Eskimos will kill uh, a wolf that's, uh, that's stalking uh, the reindeer, whatever, uh, you know, their, their, their food. And, and they take a, a, a blade, a knife, two-edged knife, and they hone it until the blade is like razor sharp. If you don't have a strong stomach, you want to plug your ears on this one, but <laughs> it really does, I think, graphically uh, display what we're talking about with containment. And then they dip it in animal blood, put it outside, and of course it's freezing cold, and, and the blood will freeze on the blade. And they do that again and again and again until that blade is just coated with animal blood, frozen animal blood. 
Then they plant it in the ice. Lo and behold, the wolf will show up, smells that blood, comes and starts licking the blood, the frozen blood off of that blade. Until eventually, it's not licking frozen blood, it's actually licking its own blood. And it bleeds to death and it dies. It doesn't realize that what it's doing is actually killing itself. And so many of us, through containment, are killing ourselves. We need to have an outbreak. We don't realize it, but I, I'm here this morning. It's kind of a wake-up, shake-up. Let's, come on, like seriously, have an outbreak. Wherever you're at, break out of it. It's like I said, when it comes to church, break out out of it. You're in a holding pattern. You've got a ceiling there. It's being contained what shouldn't be contained. Your spirit should not be contained in a little box. What God wants to do was never meant to be carried around in a little box. God had an outbreak and he wants you to have an outbreak. And Moses broke out of that. But what happens with every outbreak is this creep called containment starts to creep back in again. So 430 years, Israel ends up in Egypt contained under slavery. What started as an outbreak out of Ur with Abraham, the father of our faith, it ended up with containment for 430 years. But then another ordinary person comes along named Moses. You see, God uses ordinary people just like you and me. He's not looking for superstar, super talent, Somebody has got it all together. Whatever it is, God uses ordinary people like you and me. So if you're here and you say, well, I'm just an ordinary person. How could I possibly be responsible for an outbreak of the gospel? You are perfect for what God wants. You are the candidate that God is looking for, Mr. or Mrs. Ordinary. And Moses comes along. Who am I? God says, I am. Has his burning bush experience. And he leads them, the whole nation, out of Egypt. They have a suddenly, they have an outbreak. Pharaoh's chasing them down. They go across, as you know, the Red Red Sea. They get out in the wilderness. Now they're free. But they, they create another confined area in a wilderness. They're in a, a wilderness of freedom, if you will. They're free to do whatever they want, but what do they do? They gravitate back into containment. You know, it's an interesting thing that many prisoners, when they get out of prison, they don't like the responsibility that it takes. Freedom takes responsibility. So some of them will reoffend just to get back into a system where it's safe, to get back into a container where everything is predictable because they can't handle the freedom of responsibility. That's why it takes faith. And so for 40 years, a whole nation which was free is now back wandering in containment and holding pattern. I think about what it takes to operate by faith. In fact, it's uh, amazing that faith actually is blind, but yet faith is the only way to see. 
Faith means that you take away the natural sight, you replace it with what God wants you to see, which is spiritual sight. But in order to have spiritual sight, you actually have to be blind somewhat in the natural to natural sight. Otherwise, you can't see spiritually what God wants to offer you. And so there's this scary darkness that comes with faith. The Bible says that... uh, Faith is a substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of what? Of things not seen. In other words, if you can see it in the natural, then it's not faith. You have to believe it, that it is, and live like it in order for you to become like it in your situation. To become like it, you actually have to be blind, so to speak. You cannot see according to the natural if you're going to walk by faith. And that's why faith is such a scary word for so many people. Stepping out by faith. Moving by faith. Joshua comes along. 400 and, uh, you know, 30 years uh, go by from Abraham. Joshua comes along after the 40 years uh, of uh, wandering in the wilderness. And another outbreak is about to happen. He's about to break a barrier and cross over that Jordan into the promises of God where they were supposed to be in the first place. Joshua means Savior. And to walk by faith... It's to walk blind. It's to pass through the deepness and the darkness of life. It's to step out of what you can see in the natural into what you can't see. There's something that's incredibly scary about darkness. There's something incredibly scary about not being able to see. I remember being in the Solomons, and we did a crusade over there several years ago. My son played drums at the crusade, and and I preached, and we were in Haniara. And I'm a bit of a World War II, um, I don't know what you'd call me. Anyway, I like that part of history probably as much as any part of history. Call me a buff or whatever. I'm not an expert at it, but I just, I just it's fairly recent history. And, and to my, uh, I, I knew there was a lot of World War II that happened in the Solomons, Guadalcanal, and the first Allied landing and taking back Henderson Field there and everything else. And there, there was a lot of armament still around there from uh, World War II. So I thought, well, I've got my dive ticket. I'm going to find a dive master. I'm going to go diving on some wrecks uh, in, in the Solomons. It's uh, the, the uh, water off Haniara. It's called uh, Iron, Iron Bottom Sound because of all the the ships and planes that are on the bottom, it's just incredible. The wrecks are incredible there because of what happened during the war. So I found this guy to take me diving. I, I found it very hard to find anybody, to be honest, like to find a dive master. But I, did, I finally found this guy in between the crusade meetings during the day. And, uh, and so he took me out. And we went out on his kayak. I'm like, where's your dive boat? He goes, no, there's. Don't worry, we're going to go to this farm. And then when we get to the farm, we've got to pay the owner of the farm some money to get to the beach that's on the, on the farm. And then we take a little kayak thing, like a canoe, <laughs> out, out there. And then we're going to dive down. And there's a, a Japanese submarine. There's a, a B-17. And there's a couple transport carriers, troop carriers. And we're going to go down and dive in these things. And I'm, I'm looking at his equipment. And it's really old. The little O-rings, uh, everything, the respirator, everything is like 
really, really old. And I'm thinking, this is a pretty risky thing. Like, to go down there and, and explore these wrecks on this ancient equipment with this guy that I've only just met, that he's assured me that he can find this, it's like, okay, I don't need to drink any coffee, you know, stay awake here. This is like incredible. And so we got to the farm, paid off the, the people there, what got in his little kind of kayak thing. And uh, we get out there and he goes, this is where it's at. I'm like, how would you even know? But anyway, over we go, we diving down into the darkness. And man, my heart is just going boom, 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 boom. I'm thinking I'm gonna, I'm gonna use up the air in this tank like really quickly, my heart's racing through my head is going, what have you done? You are a flaming idiot. You dump, like, you, this has got to be the dumbest thing that you've ever done in your whole life. You're, you're not even going to be preaching at the crusade anymore. Everything's done. Like, your son's going to be fatherless. Like, uh, you're going to go home. Your wife's going to be a widow. Like, what have you done? I'm looking down. There's a, a, a shelf, like, a, it just drops out into the abyss. And then, sure enough, this submarine appears. And I'm thinking, the thing's not that far from a ledge where it could just slide off. <laughs> and we're like, you know, we're going down and down. And then he waves to me, we're going inside. Looking at the sub from the outside was freaking me out. But going inside the sub, that was another level of freak me out stuff. <laughs> it was mainly because of the darkness. It was just dark. And you're looking around, you go in there, and the, you can just see all this equipment inside this Japanese submarine and, and going through all the different uh, doorways, the hatches, and everything inside there. Man, my heart was just like, I was. I thought my heart was going to explode out of my chest. I'm in there, I'm thinking, I don't know why this is enjoyable, but there's something incredibly scary about the darkness. Well, we found that the bomber got to sit in that. That was cool. And then a couple transport uh, ships as well went inside those. It was all good. But the darkness, the darkness of stepping out into an unknown world. And in order to do that, you have to be led. I like what the Bible has to say about when Saul gets converted in, uh, in Acts, in the book of Acts, and uh, we might just go there. I'll, we'll just go there right now. Got to use some Bible in this. Uh, let's have a look. I'll find it. In Acts chapter, is it chapter 9? <laughs> I think it is. Here we, here we go. It requires faith, faith, faith. We walk by faith not by sight. About 1,600 years after Joshua now, next chapter 9, verse 8, Saul got up. Now he had an encounter with Jesus, and it was like the noonday sun. He's blind. He got up from the ground, and when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. And so they led him by the hand into Damascus. Now, you have to remember that Saul is a fighter. Saul has a vision. Saul can see in his whole vision before this encounter, what he sees before this encounter is he sees the church is the enemy. I'm here like the Terminator. I'm here to take it out. And he has vision, but it's not God's vision. And for him to receive God's vision, he has to lose his vision. He has to lose his sight. 
He gets up from the ground. The Bible says, you know, still breathing out threats. And God blinds him, knocks him to the ground and says, uh, why do you kick against me? And he says, who are you, Lord? He opens his eyes. He could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. You can see obedience there. and You can also see faith because he has to be led out blind. And for you to have your outbreak, you have to be led out blind into the darkness of what you cannot see in the natural. That's why it's so scary. You will never have the experience of breaking out of that containment, that holding pattern, whatever it is that's got you right now. You won't be able to have your outbreak if you're not willing to be led by the Lord while you're still blind. And so Saul... He gets up. He can see nothing. They, they, they led him by the hand. Verse uh, chapter 26, 16 to 18. Jesus says, now, now get up and stand to your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant. And look at this next bit. As a witness of what you have seen and what and, and you will see of me. I think somebody's saying to somebody right now, get up and stand on your feet. You've been sitting for too long complaining and whinging about life and circumstances, and it's everybody's fault. And well, all that you've seen is just walls and walls of containment and that familiarity of that fights against faith that says, get up, stand on your feet, come on. Like it's not over with, your life isn't over, but if you want to see something different, if you want to see Jesus and you want to see what God wants for you and, and you want to see the, the destiny that God has for you, you've got to get up and stand on your feet and be obedient and take that step of faith and let him lead you out while you're blind and you can't see. You have to pass that fear threshold right now as you're being challenged in this room right now and also people that are watching online, God wants you to get up and stand up on your feet and stop complaining. There's, there's no such thing as complaining when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit. Praise and worship and speaking, calling things which be not as though they were and declaring things into your world because your words are carriers, they're buckets of thought and God wants to fill you with his thought life so that you can speak out into your world and sing out into your world. That's why we do songs and worship and everything else. It's not some weird form of entertainment. It's to get you to start declaring things into your world and to start speaking out into an atmosphere so that things will change. It's being led by worship leaders and other people, led out blind, so that, but you've got to stand up. You're not going to do this sitting down. Complaining isn't going to do it. It's not a fruit of the Spirit. And so it says here, verse 17, I will rescue you from your own people. He was, he was in there. He was part of the boys' club. He was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was climbing his way up the ladder. He had a name. He had a title. But he needed to be rescued. Whatever's containing you right now, the holding pattern you're in, the familiarity of it all, you need to be rescued from that. But most people don't even know that they need to be rescued. 
And from the Gentiles, I'm sending you to them, in verse 18, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins in a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Saul has to lose his sight to gain it. The challenge of faith is that it only works when you're blind. You have to live like it before you are like it. Walking by faith is a scary place because you are blind. I don't know if you've ever gone somewhere and woke up in the middle of the night, you're away from home, maybe a hotel, done this frequently, maybe it's a friend's place, something like that, but you're not familiar. If you're like me, wake up, got to use the restroom. It's like my mind says, oh, where am I? Get out of bed, it's dark, but I'm not home. I'm not unfamiliar. I get out and immediately bang into a coffee table or bang into something else. Like, what's going on here? You're kind of half asleep. You ever been there before? You know what I'm talking about? If you've traveled, you know what I'm talking about. There's nothing familiar about it. How do you navigate your, your way to the restroom in the middle of the night when it's dark? Well, you say you pull out your iPhone and you use the light. It's true, but you don't want to wake up your wife, so. But it's a scary thing to be led out blind and the, and the dependence on the familiar is not there. And that's why a lot of people don't want to do it. They refuse to do it because it just isn't familiar. And that's why it takes faith to step out into that area where you can't see. The next requirement that I want to give you, we're going to move along here. The next thing is courage. To walk by faith, you've got to be let out blind. Blind is dangerous. Blind is dependence. It's not safe. It's safe for somebody else with sight, but it's not safe for you. Simple tasks, simple journeys, even go, going to a trip to the, to the shops or, 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 or crossing the street for a blind person, it's a, it's a very dangerous thing. It takes courage to rise up. That's why God kept telling Joshua over and over again, only be, a, be strong, be of good courage. I think he tells him like four times, you know, in the first couple chapters of Joshua, it's going to take courage to do this. You haven't been this way before. Outbreak requires courage. When you're faced with a situation, you're either going to choose courage or you're going to take containment. And most, most people will beat a path back into containment. Israel did this time and time and time again. It wasn't that long after uh, Joshua leads them out 1,600 years uh, later. They're back into a religious holding pattern when, when Jesus comes on the scene. And, and then the book of Acts comes on uh, in Acts chapter 2 where they get a suddenly, there's a, mighty, a sound like a mighty rushing wind and the church is born. There's like 1,600 years where these people that have been brought out and led out of containment, out of captivity, 1,600 years later, they're back again because containment is a creep. It creeps back in to your life if you let it. Faith uh, or, or familiarity, which one are you going to choose? Faith will lead you out of the familiar, the place where you lost your vision. Number four, if you're taking notes, outbreak requ requires generosity. If I, if I want to know what is it in my life that's contained, 
I have but to look at the area where I'm holding back on the container. So I'm hanging on to whatever it is. And if you're not generous in whatever area that is, if you're not letting go of that, then you're a container, not a pourer. You're not letting it out. That's the area that you're contained in. Generosity is probably the biggest hallmark to tell you whether you're operating freely, having an outbreak and a freedom experience, or whether you are contained. A pitcher that you pour is a container. But it ceases to be a pitcher if, if whatever's in it isn't poured out. Paul, Paul said this, he says, my life has been poured out like a drink offering. David said this, he says, my cup, it runneth over. Flowing and pouring out is, is, is the process of getting out of containment. It takes obedience. Yes, it takes faith. Yes, it takes incredible courage to pour out into life out of situations that you could hang on to it. Stinginess is probably the biggest hallmark that you're contained. If you're free, then you're generous with everything. I'm not just talking about money, but I'm not excluding money either. Generosity is, is godliness. There's no person that's godly that's not generous because God is incredibly generous. Oh, don't we want God to be generous towards us? Oh, bless me, God. Yes, of course. But what about when it's your turn? He does bless you. Are you going to pour that out? Are you going to hold on to it? So if you want to identify areas in your life where you, you are contained, just look at whether or not you're generous in that area or not. Are you generous with your words? Or are you a container? You want everybody to encourage you, but you don't encourage anybody? You won't sing, you won't shout, you won't dance, express your, your love to God, you won't, won't share your faith. You're, a contain, you're contained. God wants you to have an outbreak in that area. How, how, how do I do it? Be obedient to what God says in his word. Step out by, by, by faith. Be let out blind. Be a person of courage. Yes, it's going to take courage to share the gospel with somebody at work. It's going to take courage to walk up and say to somebody that obviously needs prayer, can I pray for you? It's going to take courage for you to, to take your means and to share that and, and put that into an offering so that somebody else that's not part of your family can walk in here and get saved. It means the world to them. It ne needs to be the, mean the world to you or you are contained and you don't even know it. And the creep will start to creep back in again, the creep of containment. It requires generosity in every area of life that you're not generous. That's probably uh, the surest thing that you're contained. Now the fourth, the fifth thing, and I'm going to close with this. I'll get the team back up. What does it take? Outbreak requires hope. I'll read this, Matthew, uh, Romans 15, 13. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, get this, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. One translation says that you may abound. In other words, you cannot be contained. You are living in expectation in anticipation that what God has promised, God will perform. How hard is it when you're a container and you're holding on, you're protecting whatever space you've got to have hope? 
I hardly ever hear anybody, honestly, that's free. Uh, I don't hear hope coming out of the mouth of a person that's contained. Yes, that situation is bad, but God's on the throne. But I'm believing God for a breakthrough. But I'm still going to be generous even though the economy might be headed south. But I'm still going to step out and share my faith even though. But I'm going to have an opportunity where God is going to be doing a suddenly my life. I've got, I've got a life that's open for God to do something because there's hope in this world. I'm anticipating something greater happen. I have an expectation on the inside of me that my God will do exceedingly above and beyond, surpassing my understanding, even what I can even ask or hope for. But you've got to have some hope and some ask about you to have a suddenly, to have a breakthrough, an outbreak doesn't come by holding on in a dark and, and letting darkness into your container is not going to cause an outbreak in your life. It requires, yes, it requires obedience. It requires courage. It requires faith. It also requires hope that something is going to happen because the entrance of God's word, it's like a shaft of, of light coming into the darkness of your heart that brings hope. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. But maybe you've lost a bit of hope in at least one area. Maybe, I've, maybe we've identified at least one area of your life where you are contained. It's almost like you're suffocated in, in that area. Or you might be doing really good in a whole lot of areas, and I'm excited for you. But if there's at least one area where you want to see outbreak, and I don't believe that, you know, life is not static. I've hit some walls and I've bust, seen God bust through into some incredible areas in my life, but then there's always something bigger. There's no tank that's going to control me. There's no cage that you need to be put in. There's always something expanding, and God always wants to breathe in and expand and, and, and cause you to go into something greater than, than what you're living in right now. So if you've got one area at least that you've identified, I want to just encourage you this morning, don't settle for containment. I'm going to pray in a moment, and I'd like you just to identify at least one area in your life where you just need to bust out. Like I said, it could be in relationships where you just held back through unforgiveness perhaps. You're waiting for people to be friendly to you. Well, 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 the Bible says if you want friends, be a friend. Step out. Get over yourself. God, I thank you right now. Just identify for each person here at least something where containment has got a hold. Father, I thank you right now that an outbreak is coming. I thank you right now. Whoever you are, wherever you are, you can have a time where something suddenly happens called outbreak. You can have your own suddenly, not just the 87 mentioned in the Bible, but you can have your own suddenly. The question is, will you be obedient? Will you let God lead you out blind? and move through the darkness. Will you receive courage right now to get on your feet like Saul who turned into Paul, shook the world, 
church turned the world upside down. People's lives were changed. Maybe you're in a container called church where you just show up, go through the motions. Nothing's changed because you're not changing. You're not stepping out. Whatever it is, wherever it is in your life right now, let God identify it. With every eye closed, I want to pray a prayer right now for you that need an outbreak of salvation in your life. You need to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life. He is the light of the world. He is life. To take that step and to give him your heart, to let him lead you out blind by faith, that's the first step. So I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with all of us right now. It's the biggest prayer that you'll ever have. It's the most important thing you'll ever do in your life is to ask Jesus Christ into your heart. If you want to pray that prayer with me, let's pray this out loud wherever you're at. Pray this after me. Say, Dear God, I thank you for sending your Son into my life. Jesus, I ask you into my heart. I give you my heart right now. Amen. If that's you, you're as saved as you're ever going to get. Now let God take you and lead you out of that into a life of expansion to his kingdom and watch God show you and give you fresh vision for your whole life. God bless you. Let us know if you've given your heart to the Lord. Uh, Our details will come up on the screen so that you can contact us and let us know how we can pray for you. And thank you for tuning in. Hope to see you next week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.